The Greek philosopher Aristotle once said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. No branch of philosophy helps to foster habits of excellence like Stoicism does. The Stoic way of thinking, with its origins 2,000 years ago, prioritises actions over words, the doing over the talking about doing. While the Stoic philosophy may be an ancient philosophy, there are certainly some aspects of it that can be applied in 2021. Hey there, Matthew Norrie here, the host of the Happy Habit podcast. We like to talk about health and well-being two times a week on a Monday and a Thursday. If you are new, please consider subscribing. Two and a half thousand years ago, a wealthy Greek merchant's life took a disastrous turn when, as a result of a shipwreck, he and his family lost everything. Now, instead of folding and giving in, the merchant, called Zeno, drew upon his resilience and fortitude. And he decided to change careers. He moved to Athens and became a philosopher. Athens, at that point in time, was a centre of business and trade, including the slave trade. It was here that Zeno found a respected teacher called Crates of Thebes. He introduced him to the basics of philosophy, which included an exercise where Zeno was asked to carry a bowl of soup across the city of Athens. Zeno, concerned people would see him, took all of the back roads to complete the task, which prompted Crates to tip the bowl of soup over him, teaching him a vital lesson about not worrying about what other people thought. Zeno went on to become a respected philosopher, founding a new kind of philosophy called Stoicism, with its four founding principles, courage, wisdom, temperance and justice. One of Zeno's students was a man called Cleanthes, who was born into a poor, hard-working family. Indeed, he continued to work in what would be considered a menial job. He was a water carrier for the rich, but all the while he continued to study philosophy. He believed there was honour in working hard, and even turned down the chance to become a tutor to the Macedonian king. He felt being a water carrier gave him a better appreciation for life. He saw physical labour as a noble, allowing the mind to wander and observe people and think. Cleanthes was the embodiment of the Stoic virtue of indifference to discomfort. Then we meet the Roman Cicero, best remembered today for his writings on Stoic paradoxes. Cicero himself was a contradiction, as he didn't always practice his Stoicism. While his actions embodied the Stoic values of justice and courage, his motives were a little less virtuous, as he was motivated by wealth, ambition and vanity, the very antithesis of Stoic principles. Cicero also showed cowardice when he declined to defend Rome from Caesar's power grab. Then we move to Cato the Younger, who lived at the same time as Cicero, but the two men were like chalk and cheese. From when he was very young, Cato would choose the more difficult path voluntarily, as it meant sticking to his convictions. 
Even as a four-year-old, he refused to be threatened by a corrupt soldier, even when the soldier held him upside down by the ankles over a balcony. As an adult, Cato would go on to continually fight corruption and working to support the rights of Rome's lower classes. Needless to say, his stoic and righteous philosophy found enemies in Rome's elite. One such person was Pompey. He wanted to marry Cato's daughter purely for his own political gain, but Cato refused, which had disastrous consequences for Rome, especially, sadly, the lower classes. Now, it's about time we introduced a female Stoic to the story. Surely women are the greatest of all Stoics, given they endured all the relentless battles, upheaval and hardships men endured, plus they were mothers, homemakers and workers, whose contributions often went unrecognised down through history. There is one exception. Cato's daughter, Portia Cato, who married a chap called Brutus, Yes, the one who would go on to assassinate Caesar. It's a small world. Portia suspected her husband was plotting something, but didn't know what. So, to gain his confidence, she stabbed herself in the leg. Sounds a tad extreme, I know, but this served to show her strength of will, her courage and her unbreakable spirit. In other words, she hoped it would convince Brutus that even if she became privy to his plot... She would not tell anyone under the pain of torture. Well, Brutus was suitably impressed and sang like a canary, telling her everything. Portia, in this instance, exhibited all of the traits of a Stoic. Seneca the Younger was the most famous Stoic philosopher of all time. Thankfully, many of his writings last to this very day, and he wrote extensively on morality. Ironically, Seneca would become tutor to a 12-year-old boy who would later become arguably one of the most corrupt, amoral and vain of all of the Roman emperors. His name? Nero. Seneca tried his very best to teach the Stoic values of wisdom, justice and mercy, but with little success. Even as a child, Nero was showing unmistakable signs of the man and the ruler, that sadly he would become. All the while, Seneca would remain loyal to the tyrant. Now, some would suggest he had no choice because he would have been murdered had he deserted the emperor. The argument for Seneca is that he tried his best to act as Nero's conscience, showing him the error of his ways. But Seneca became a very wealthy man in Nero's employment. Perhaps he was under the misguided illusion that he was performing his stoic duty while staying by Nero's side. Ultimately, Seneca lacked the moral strength of other stoics like Cleanthes and Cato. Rather than living his philosophy, he simply wrote about it. Finally, we move to a figure we have spoken about on this podcast before, Marcus Aurelius. I can recommend his book Meditations, which is a book that really crystallises the philosophy and wisdom of the Greco-Roman world. You can get that book online for free. Now, it has to be said, when we talk of Marcus Aurelius, we have to talk about the slave-turned-philosopher Epictetus, from whom Marcus drew a lot of inspiration. Whether Marcus's writings were original or not, his style of governance was certainly original. His period of leadership as Rome's emperor was marked by humanity, humility, fairness and compassion, 
all attributes that were completely missing in other emperors, and it was all down to his Stoic philosophy. Amazingly, he even made his own brother Lucius co-emperor, which was really unusual behaviour for an emperor, given previous and subsequent emperors murdered all rivals at the drop of a hat. He also forgave Cassius, an ally of his, when he discovered Cassius's plot to assassinate him. Marcus Aurelius exhibited stoic characteristics when the Roman Empire was ravaged by a plague and instead of raising taxes, which would have hurt the needy, he sold Rome's riches. He sought to master the emotions, the human emotions of lust, anger and jealousy, and wrote about them extensively. To this day, his life and writings are the most pertinent illustration of the power of stoicism. We can learn much from how he lived his life, sticking steadfast to our principles regardless of what curveballs life throws our way. I can recommend Ryan Holiday as an author who has written extensively on the Stoic philosophies and the Stoics of ancient Greece and Rome. And for this podcast, I took for inspiration the subject matter covered by Ryan Holiday in his book, The Life of the Stoics. Well, thank you for listening to this edition of the Happy Habit Podcast. Until next time, stay happy. (music) 